Welcome to 12 Days of Marketing, where we share 12 special topics to help your business start the new year right. And now, your co-hosts of 12 Days of Marketing, Matt Halloran and Kirk Lowe. Hello and welcome to day four of Top Advisor Marketing's 12 Days of Marketing. Today, we are going to talk about niche marketing, and I'm going to interview Kirk specifically about the four benefits of niche marketing. Now, Kirk, you and I have spent a lot of time talking about this before. Um, are you still surprised that people get grumpy and don't want to do this? I'm not surprised because it is it is a leap for a lot of people. It's a leap of faith that if they focus in one area, they'll be rewarded. And sometimes it's going to feel like there's a bit of a dip before you move. I think there's a book called The Dip, isn't there? I don't know. Seth Godin. Oh. And The Dip is when you make a big change and something, you know, to change your business. And you, there's a bit of a dip before you hit the big, beautiful curve. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what advisors are likely going to experience when they do this. It really depends, though. Advisors are kind of a unique position because they've got this recurring revenue model, which everybody wants. Mm -hmm. And if you make a change, it doesn't mean you need to say goodbye to everybody all at once. You can kind of filter those out and focus on the new stuff. So there are definitely opportunities to have a smaller dip, but I think that scares a lot of advisors. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, I also think that a lot of advisors don't have the help around somebody to guide them to go mm. uh, more niche, so more specific with their niche. So they end up not actually going that niche. And so there's less of a dip. Well, hopefully these four benefits are going to, I don't know, wake them up and make them realize that this isn't like a nice thing. And I'm air quoting to do now. This is necessary in the world of marketing. So what is the first of the four benefits of niche marketing? Yeah, so what's interesting is I was writing, I'm sure everybody goes through this when they're writing, they're thinking of ideas on how they're going to present something, is the first ideas that come to you aren't always going to be by the end of your thought process or, you know, what you thought was going to be. So as I'm going through this, the four benefits that I'm going to describe, they're not actually the benefits. They're just uh, features the benefits are going to come. But what's going to be interesting is you'll see how often, I guess, the best features of what a niche marketing can do for you in your business, they all lead to the same outcomes hmm. for you, which you'll see over and over. So I'm not going to give away what the actual benefits are until you keep hearing them pop up in every conversation we have about this. If that makes sense? It does. Okay. So the first, first one is defining a niche and marketing just to that niche allows you to be very focused. And what that means is that you're always in the right game. Every day you show up, what your team is working on, um, how you mark, everything is focused. You're always in the right game. And what does that do for you? That saves you time. So if we had a little bell that said, when we say a keyword that we're looking for, that's it. Save you time. Everybody needs to save time. The problem is that these benefits are so ordinary that they don't seem like a big deal, but saving you time in your business is a huge, you know, factor for success, right? And mm -hmm. for happiness. So focus is huge. So let me give you an example. If you get a call from a retiring school teacher 
you know, maybe they've got a million dollars saved up. Mm-hmm. You work best with business owners in their fifties. If you're really, really dialed in, you know what kind of conversation you have. If you're not dialed in, all of a sudden you're trying to figure out how to attract somebody who's a school teacher who has different challenges and issues than the business owner that you've become really custom to serving. Guess what? They need a different article in your blog or a different podcast on your podcast potentially, or they need a different info sheet or brochure and your team are scrambling. If you have a team to, to market to different people in different ways. And guess what? You know, the more markets you have, the more audiences you have, the more generic your content gets in your blog, the more generic your content gets in your podcast, um, the less focus you can have when you want to write a white paper, you know, who should I write this for? Cause I work with so many different people. What's going to, you know, what's going to get people excited and you can see how this, the tailspin, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're dialed in and focused, you can either refer that person to somebody who, you know, works with teachers or you can have somebody else, you know, it could be a colleague in your office or it could be another company but you can figure it out when you're focused. If you're not focused, you're taking on everything, enter the tailspin, right? Which is too many things to oversee. Um, you can do the math. Yeah. But everybody, a lot of people would have difficulty turning away a school teacher who was able to save up a million dollars. Second one is efficiency. So we'll call that marketing efficiency, but it's not just marketing because it's sales, relationships, everything, right? But if you, when you know who your audience is and where they are, that helps you save time. That one popped up again. So ring your bell. Second one is it saves you money. Those are both really good things in a business, right? So here, let me give you an example. When you don't need to create, I just, I already kind of let in on this in the last one. When you don't have to create a new one sheet every time a new or a different niche opportunity presents itself, that saves you time. It's not just the time to create it, it's the time to keep it up to date and manage it, know where it is, all those things. Print it, if you do that, or digital copy, or uh, who, what am I sending? Every time you wanna send something to somebody, you gotta remember where that is. It slows everybody down in your office when that happens, because you, you're, you get so many things going that you're juggling. So that's one example. Um, here's another one, uh, another example of knowing who your audience is and where they are. So let's say you work with business owners in their fifties. So when you know who they are and where they hang out, you know, that a lot of business owners, uh, are in two local groups. They're in a LinkedIn group and you know that there's a local business journal and, and, and accompanying networking group where you can go meet all kinds of business owners. So business owners tend to know lots of other business owners because they meet them in their day to day. And they hang out with them and they, there's a camaraderie there. So when you know who they are, you know where they hang out. That's a good thing. You can spend your time there instead of going other places, hoping you find somebody who owns a business. Hmm. So that saves you what? Time? Probably saves you money too. I found a bell, dude. Oh, oh, <laughs> I forgot. I didn't even know you had those. But I'm... I'm sorry. It just We've took me a long years about, You've talked about over the over the course of our podcast um, careers here. Um, you've talked a lot about having that little bell. So I'm very happy I finally in episode whatever this is. Seven million. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you could use it. All right. So focus saves you time. 
Efficiency saves you time and money. Okay, what what is the what is the third one? It's another E. It is effectiveness. So in this case, when you know who your audience is and how to communicate with them, that creates synergies. And guess what happens when you create synergies? You save money and you can make more money. I'm just going to go crazy on the bell. Okay, so so two more great things, right? Well, well, hold on though. It saves you money. But it may okay. You need to you don't break have that down. to implement. Let me explain. Save some money. Okay, good. When you know how to communicate with people, you don't have to communicate with them in more in more places than you need to. You can communicate so you can save. T- oh, oh, guess what? Saves you time here too. <laughs> so when you know, like if if your business owners aren't on Facebook, you don't have to go to Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not saying that's the truth, but I'm just saying you, you don't have to go there. Um, if there's a conference that you've been invited to speak at and there's not a lot of business owners there, mm-hmm. you can say no. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, or if you are wondering if you want to get more speaking engagements and you're concerned about making the most of your time, go to ones where all of your audience are hanging out. So there's so many, when you know, when you're in front of all those people and you know what to say to them, you can be way more effective with them, right? When somebody comes to your website, as an example, and it's all about business owners in their fifties, they know they're in the right place. Yeah. They don't have to wonder anything. You, you're the person, right? So that's, that's huge. So let me give you another example here. Um, business owners have less time, let's say to read emails or spend time on Facebook but they do have time to listen to a podcast as they're commuting or doing some other stuff in their office or on their way home. Um, They do view LinkedIn notifications on their mobile device versus um, because they often revolve around stuff that's important to them and don't revolve around your cousin Ernie's latest meal. Mm -hmm. Right. So which might be on Facebook or or some or Instagram or something like that. So what I'm, what I'm suggesting here is that you can um, communicate with the people in a way that they're going to embrace and suits their life or their busy uh, schedule, you know, things like that. Here's another example. Maybe if you want to create a white paper that draws in uh, business owners, maybe you can have an audio version of it. Yeah. Which by the way, I just, as I was thinking of that idea, uh, texted our marketing person and said, should, can we turn our, uh, white papers into audio books, if you will. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I don't know what the response is, but um, something worth considering even for ourselves. So effectiveness uh, saves you time, saves you money, and makes you more money. I want to add one other thing there too, because if you do the first three, so focus, efficiency, and effectiveness, especially focus and effectiveness, you get to practice and really hone your message. You know, uh, hosting so many podcasts as we do here at Top Advisor Marketing, one of the fun things is when you hear that click with an advisor, they say something that is finally the exact way that they should have said it. And that light bulb goes on and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, Matt, did you hear that? I've had people actually say that on podcasts. When you have that level of focus, you know what position you are in the field of whatever game you're playing, right? Uh, That to me is so flipping powerful. And it allows you to do the last one. So what's the last of the four benefits? I'm just going to go back to 
effectiveness for a second. I apologize because you you had a good segue there, and I kill him. I just killed it. I don't know if we have a sound for that, but <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> when you, uh, I think about all of the. Let's just focus on seminars. When you do a seminar, you send out a postcard or a mailer. Uh, that is a mailer. Um, or uh, an email or whatever, and you're going to have bullet points that are going to suit the subject and the audience. And as you can imagine, the, the bullet points, if there's a different audience, they're going to change, right? So you're when you know how to communicate, you're going to get really good at writing the bullets that your audience, this one audience, cares about, and you get better at better at figuring that out. If you're writing bullet points of benefits to multiple audiences, you never get to really dive in and get better and better. What you said a little bit earlier in the podcast was you just keep honing your craft. And that's a big part of being effective is knowing what people respond to or don't respond to, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah. So, so the fourth one, which Matt so eloquently teed up for me and I blew it is value. And when you focus on one audience and only one audience, you can create so much value. You spend so much time doing what I just said, creating the bullet points, creating the thought leadership, all these things. You can create so much more value and quality and dial, you know, ultra dialed in that how can anybody else compete with you, right? Because they're working with many audiences. They'll never be able to compete with you with this one audience because they're spending all their time with others. Now they can, they might be able to leverage stuff that a broker dealer or something, but when people go to their site, they'll realize that they work with a lot of people. It won't be the same thing for your audience. So you can create more value than everybody else that's around you. If you're, if you have an expertise and thought leadership with one audience. So what you'll end up doing with more value is three things, which will add lend back to our ultimate benefits. And you'll know those benefits by the sound. So um, the first one is you'll attract more clients. When you have more, when you add more value to a niche audience, you'll attract more people, mm-hmm. right? Attract more people makes you more money. When you attract, when you have more value, you attract better clients because they'll be the people who are exactly who you want to work with. And guess what? That makes you more money. The other thing it does. <laughs> So the third, uh, the next thing with attracting better clients is it makes you happier at work. Hmm. That's a bell. That's bell worthy. It's totally. But hold on. I love that you just said that. Why? But but you have to say the why. Why did? Why is it going to make you happier at work? Because you have more time. You're making more money. You're focused, and you're working with the people who you know how to work with. You know. And hope if there's somebody you if they're a niche, they should be people that you really enjoy working with too. Mm-hmm. Most advisors, when they're coming up with a niche, should say, I have something about these people. I feel I can really help them. I'm really inspired, passionate. I get them. I just love helping them. Those mm-hmm. are typically the best audiences, the best niche for you to go with. In some cases, it may be an advisor says, I don't care. The people I love don't have any money or they're, they frustrate me in certain ways. I guess then you don't love them, but, um, but these people are, I just know how to help them. And, you know, maybe we're not going to go hang out, you know, and have a beer together or go golfing, but 
I really know how to help them. So, I mean, that can happen too, but more often than not, it's people that you really enjoy and that typically makes you happier. And guess what? It's going to make your staff happier, mm. which means they're going to stick around longer. They're mm. probably going to offer better service and quality to your clients, which, you know, you can see the synergies. Yeah. These, these things just keep building and building on each other. Um, and it's kind of make your clients happier because they're going to feel that love. They're going to feel that passion. They're going to, they're going to understand and see the value. And something really cool is going to happen when that happens, which is the third thing that happens when you have more values. You're going to keep clients happy, engaged, and most importantly, maybe, is advocating for you. Hmm. Guess what that does? Advocating. You get more referrals. Guess what happens when you get more referrals? You make more money. I changed the sound. That's better. Oh, makes more gosh. money. That was a good one there. Yeah, so here's an example. How can Bob possibly compete with Sue when Sue has 10 years of only working with high net worth families mm-hmm. with special needs children? She's working with over 50 of them. And Bob has only worked with two over 20 years. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, now maybe Sue had to slowly drop off some other clients that she'd built up over the 10 years. But Sue's, there's not even, it's not even comparable what Sue can do for those families versus Bob. I'm pretty sure Sue's going to be dialed in on the passion, fulfillment, all those things. Now, before we wrap up the podcast today, I just want to ask you about time, right? So so I'm hearing about Sue and, and you know, we've talked about the business owners and we've talked about the different examples that, that you have given. But let's be realistic with our audience today and say, okay, when you do niche marketing, when this is the direction that you finally decide that you're going to go, what sort of time frame is it in order for you to become that person, the go-to person for that specific niche? Do you have any ideas? It really depends. You can expedite it for sure. You can't make it happen overnight. That's There's no doubt about that. But I'd say realistically, for most advisors, that's going to be five to 10 years realistically, mm-hmm. right? Um, Josh, you, you follow the trajectory of Josh Brown, the reform broker and his blog and then turn it into a podcast and the notoriety he has now. His, his is a bigger audience, but um, yeah, that's taken, you know, I would call him an influencer. What yeah. we're trying to do here, what we want advisors to focus on is becoming micro-influencers, right? Specific expertise for a specific audience in a specific region. That you can accomplish quicker because it's, you've contained what you're trying to work on. It's a little more focused, Mm -hmm. which means you can do it a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, you know, as an example, starting a podcast, and if if you're, you know, a frequent listener to our program, you know that we've suggested that it's about 18 to 24 months of implementing, you know, at least a couple times a week for you to create some momentum. People need to know you're sticking around. You're going to keep doing this. Um, there's no point in starting a podcast and stopping it and mm-hmm. thinking that you've got any kind of that, that momentum will go as soon as you stop. Just like social media, you got to decide and stick to what you're going to do. That's if that's not a lesson that's clear in all these, you know, 12 days of marketing, it should be you, whatever you're going to do, stick with it and build on it. Do not start and stop. If you think it's a start and stop kind of thing, don't even start it. Yep. You're wasting your money. You're wasting your time. You're wasting the rapport that you're, you, you know, that you would have built up with those people. They'll see it. They will not like it. And it'll be trouble for you. And if you That's look- where most advisors play right now, yeah. start and stop, 
ruin all the rapport, stop the momentum, and have to start all over again. And it's that shiny object syndrome, right? They go to a conference and somebody says something that they think is going to be the panacea, right? The placebo, the the thing that's going to work no matter what. And guess what? Real companies that you buy from now didn't become those companies overnight. Those people, we have an advisor here in town. It's a huge LPL producer. And um, when I was growing up here, Nobody knew who this dude was, right? Uh, And now he is the high net worth advisor in town because it took him 10 years of doing things like, you know, back then it was, you know, radio and he did a lot of public workshops and educational events. And then he started sponsoring things. He started getting his name out there very, very targeted to the audience that he was looking for. And now it's he has a waiting list because he only takes on X number of clients a year. I got a question for you, Matt. Yeah. And how much money? So if you were in the business Mm -hmm. and you were in, in your region, how much money would you pay right now to have the business that that person has developed? Oh my God. that person, how much would you pay? So that's funny that let's, you asked. Let's, let's put some numbers on. Let's say yeah. that that advisor is making. Let's for, let's pick an easy number. Okay. Let's pick a million dollars. Okay. And it, it could well it's, likely it, be well north of that. Yeah, yeah. But let's just say a million. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how much would you pay to get to a recurring revenue model of a million dollars? And over the t- over ten years, what would you pay to get there? Right. So. I think it's funny that you say that because this is one of the issues that I have always had with business valuation because I don't think they take this niche into account, right? You know, you're looking at, you know, most people will buy a book at two and a half times revenue if it's great. If if I could buy this guy's business, I would pay, I'd pay five times his reoccurring revenue because I know that over the next five to 10 years... I'm going to make, so I'd pay him, I'd stroke a check for $5 million for that because he did all the damn work, Kirk. He did all the hard, heavy lifting. I get to be able to walk in, and, and of course, with brand transition and all of those things, there's some work there, and you will lose some people, but You're oh my God. a lot of calls on if you want to buy a practice soon, by the way. Great. Paying five times and just messing with you. Yeah, well, that's all right. I hope that they call us because that's actually something that, uh, uh, you know, podcasting and the brand work that our team does can help with once you, you know, assimilate a practice, but whatever. Uh, yeah, but so you didn't answer the question, though. You said, I, you, I, I, I wasn't clear about my question, I guess. I, what I meant to ask you is how much would you pay in marketing? Spend oh, oh, yeah. To get there, to be more clear. Sorry. Oh, I, I, so if I made a million dollars, so if my GDC was no, no, if you, if, if in 10 years mm-hmm. you were going to have a million dollar business, let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars, right? Uh, let's say you're making two fifty right now. Okay. And you want to get to a million, how much would you pay? I would the, spend, I mean, I would easily spend, eight, let's say each year to get to a million dollars. Right. So I, I would spend 10% of gross, not net. It's just, I mean, that's, that's the number. If you figure that, could you imagine if you're making $250,000 a year and you spend 25 grand as, as a, as a mid-level producer, you spend 25 grand on the right marketing Kirk. Holy mm-hmm. crap. And then every mm-hmm. year you make more money. You keep that 10%. I would, I would stroke that check without even thinking. 
Yes. And I think once you get to a certain level, um, you might be able to dip below 10, but I think early on you might be a little above 10. Yeah. But I think that's the way to get there. Yeah. If you figure out how to spend 10 to 15, you know, yeah, earlier and build that momentum up, then you might be able to dial it down a touch. Um, not dial it down, dial because you're making more money, so yeah. you can't really dial it down. You're still growing it, but it's becoming less and less of your, you know, your revenue, mm-hmm. your percentage of your revenue. So those are all good things. Anyway, that, that's those are the benefits of niche marketing. Yeah. Save time, save money, make more money, uh, be happier at work. I think those are the four things, really. And you know what? My, my favorite thing about this topic specifically is who doesn't freaking want that? Who doesn't want to save time, have a happier team, make more money, retain better clients, be known in the community as that person, you know, show up to work knowing what game you play uh, every single solitary day. I just think that's freaking awesome. Okay, yeah. Kirk. Well, now, we're definitely going to want to go back and listen to to podcasts that we've done or look yeah. for, co- you know, content from consultants, you know, thought leaders in the space. Uh, on what is actually a niche, yeah. right? Because lots of advisors may not get all excited now and go build a niche that's so wide and it doesn't really do what this suggested it should do. So yeah. make sure that you understand what a niche is, right? A good one. Um, but focus on this for for the upcoming year, mm-hmm. you know, and you'll um, have a lot more success. Yeah. At least you'll be on the path to have a lot more success. Yeah. which is the most important thing. And you know what? The long play when it comes to marketing is a real true marketing plan. When you're just trying to get quick pops and try to make as much money as fast as you can, you're really cutting off your nose to spite your face. It doesn't make a lot of sense. This is a business. You are a business owner. You are supposed to reinvest in your business. And the way that you do that is with good marketing, focused marketing, effective marketing, and efficient marketing. All right, Kirk, day four. Uh, thanks for your brain today, brother. It's in the day four is in the can, and um, I hope it makes an impact, moves the needle for you, gets you a little more dialed in, gives you some more ideas, and thanks for listening. Day four of the 12 Days of Marketing with, uh, we talked about niche marketing today and the four benefits of niche marketing. Uh, So stay tuned. We've got lots more of the 12 Days of Marketing to help you have an amazing 2020. And if you're listening to this after 2020, whatever freaking year it is, because you know what? Uh, These 12 bits that we're going to go over are everything that you really need to do to create a great marketing plan so that you can absolutely kill it when you're writing the marketing plan. So subscribe if you haven't. If you have any ideas, please go ahead and email me, Matt at TopAdvisorM, that M is for marketing.com. And if you want to know a little bit more about who we are and what we do here at Top Advisor Marketing, please just email me again, Matt at TopAdvisorM, or go to our website, download any of our free stuff, or you can fill out the contact page at at www.TopAdvisorM.com. So for everybody here, this is Matt, and I'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Brought to you by Top Advisor Marketing, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.